Hello, and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people who have overcome real challenges and are making our world better because of it. They have taken life's lemons and are making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Tony. Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I am so looking forward to getting to know you, and I can't wait to hear your story. So start out by telling me just a couple of little things about yourself. Yes. So I am a mother of four. I have three boys, one little girl, and I tell everyone my greatest calling in life is to be a mother. It's one of those things that I hold dear to my heart, and it is what motivates me to do a lot of the things that I do. One of those endeavors right now is I am representing Utah at the Mrs. Petit USA pageant in August. And I am very petite. I'm 4'10". My 15-year-old has passed me up already, as well as a number of elementary school kids. (laughs) (laughs) But I am so excited about this. I was motivated to participate in this and other service projects because I feel like I've been blessed with some experiences in my life that otherwise could be seen as terrible. But I feel like it's given me the experience to share with others that might be in my same situation or know someone who is. And if I can share my experience and help them get through, navigate these waters, then I'm all for that. I love that. We're we're on the same journey. I love that. And so you're doing it more on the stage with the pageants and I'm doing it behind a microphone. So I love this. You're helping people see those lemons and make the lemonade. So you got to tell me your story. What happened to you and why are you doing what you're doing now? Yes. So back in 2021, I was approached by my husband who said, I need to point something out to you. And I had a lump on my left breast that I hadn't detected myself. There was no pain. It was very subtle. And he said, I want you to get in and get that checked out. Well, a month went by and I eventually got in to my OBGYN who said, yeah, this is worth looking into further. But he calmed my nerves, which weren't even that heightened at the time. He just said, let's just do a little further investigation, if anything, to rule it out because it feels like it's not something that is too alarming right now. So he ordered a diagnostic mammogram for me. And when I went in, that diagnostic mammogram includes an extensive mammogram as well as an ultrasound. When I was there, they did both, but then they said, let's do a biopsy as well, which was a bit of a red flag for me because I knew that wasn't on the orders. And that was the first moment of reality check for me. I thought, wow, what if my husband hadn't discovered this? Because I wasn't doing anything to look for it. I had just turned 40 that year. And so this is about the age where you start to have your first mammogram, but it wasn't on my radar. So I had some tears in my eyes as they did that biopsy. And it it was just a moment of, wow, Could this be more serious than I've given it credit for? And the hospital didn't call me, but my doctor did. And he asked if the hospital had called, which they hadn't. And he just told me, well, I have some bad news for you. It is cancer, but if you could choose, it's like the best one you could choose. And interesting enough, 
this may be Tony being naive, but I wasn't nervous. Like it wasn't fear. I wasn't filled with fear. It was just like, okay, this is the next thing we're going to go through in life. And as he talked to me, I felt at ease because it didn't sound like anything very serious. And what he told me is it was ductal carcinoma in situ. There's many different forms of breast cancer. This one is considered stage zero. It's not invasive. It was inside of a milk duct, which is why it probably was so subtle, difficult to even notice that it was there. But thankfully, my husband did catch it. And I had a nurse friend tell me that most spouses will find it before you will find it yourself, which was <laughs> news for me. I didn't know that. My next step was to meet with an oncologist and the oncologist told me, told me what my treatment options were. And you could do a lumpectomy. You could do a mastectomy. There were some benefits to the mastectomy, like no radiation, no chemotherapy. And I, um, and you could do reconstructive surgery, which now insurance pays for. So that's the route I took from diagnosis to surgery came really quick. I was doing surgery, <laughs> the mastectomy piece within a month or two from being diagnosed with that. And there were some other tests that they ran, genetic tests and different things just to see if they had caught it all, if it was in fact non-invasive or had it spread. So during the mastectomy, they took out some lymph nodes and found that, yeah, it was in fact just in that milk duct. So normally <laughs> this is like two surgeries tops. Mine ended up being four because I got an infection partway through and I take some responsibility for that because they gave me some warning signs to look for. And they told me some patients think I'll just wait until my next appointment to tell you this, if they noticed it being red or just anything that looked off. And I did that. It was over the 4th of July weekend. And I thought my appointments like later this week, it's the 4th of July. I don't want to bug anyone. Well, in my effort not to bother anyone, I inconvenienced a lot of people. There was an emergency surgery that had to get scheduled in like the following day and home health <laughs> came in. It just, it's scary when you have an infection, it's not good. And it takes a while to get it out of your blood. So it was a six month wait after that. And then they started the reconstructive process over, which was the next two surgeries. That's in the past. The last surgery was in 2023. And treatment now is a matter of taking tamoxifen, a very low dose that is a hormone blocker. And that's for a total of five years from the time that I had the mastectomy. As I went through that whole experience, I started to share my own experience with it in funny little moments on social media, just like the fact that my husband caught it before I did and making light of that and other things. But I noticed as I shared, other people reached out to me with questions, friends that mean a lot to me. And then I started thinking, wow, how many other women are in my shoes where we're busy, whether it's with a career or with children or both. And we understand that our health is important, but it might be taking a back seat to the other responsibilities that we have in front of us. And that's where I found myself. Not that we don't see the value in early detection, but it's just so many other things take precedence over that. So that's when I started advocating <laughs> for early detection, but 
in ways that wasn't pointing the finger at anyone, wasn't spreading fear, but this is just my experience and people could relate to it. Like, yes, I get that. I am busy with kids of my own. Okay. I'm going to sign up, get that mammogram scheduled or questions would pop up. Like how old do you have to be? And then I started to think, who could I partner with? Because I'm just one voice and I'm sure there's many others out there. And that's when I got involved with the Utah Cancer Control Program. That was enlightening. They pointed out to me that we in Utah have one of the lower rates of cancer screenings for breast and cervical cancer. We almost rank third to last when compared to the national average. And interesting enough, it's more often those who have insurance that aren't getting screened, which was interesting. I thought, well, that's where I was. I had wonderful insurance. My husband was full-time active duty. So the coverage was excellent, thankfully. Partnering with them was a huge benefit because then I could start to share resources with people that I wasn't aware of before. If it was someone that didn't have insurance, that was okay because the state would cover your mammogram. Or if they did have insurance but didn't cover everything, well, then they may still fit in that qualified group of people who could get it covered by the program. So that is how it started. And I feel like I am just barely getting started with this. I'm finding the areas that I really enjoy to work on and in. And when I reached out to the Utah Cancer Control Program, they were excited and they said, this is wonderful. We need a breast cancer champion, which excited me. But I found that we need champions. We need many of us who can share our experience. And that has been one of my favorite things is finding others who have been diagnosed or have benefited from early detection with breast cancer and sharing their stories as well or having them share their stories and that's where I'm finding a lot of action can be taken is when we're inspired by someone else's story, it motivates us to maybe take the next step where it may have felt too scary or we thought there was no one we could relate to because my story may or may not resonate with other people, but there's a lot of women out there who are dealing with this and they are heroes to me. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I love when we can talk to each other about some of our medical things that might not be so well known, you know, like you see somebody and you think they're fine and healthy. And it's like, it would be important to just be like, how are you? And you know what, this is what I'm going through right now. And, and tell people what's happening in your life. And they can be, oh my goodness, me too. Or I hadn't thought of that. Or I'm, I'm worried about this too. And it's a great way to open up that conversation to be able to support each other too. And so it's great that you're part of this foundation and you can have the opportunity to share that. But I think all of us need to be a little bit more vulnerable in speaking to each other and just supporting our, just our neighbors and our family of things they might be going through with their health. I think it's important that we share stuff. I agree. And I saw a lot of value in my husband being my advocate Yes. And it was also based on the fact that he lost his mom to cancer mm. before we were even married. By the time they detected it, it was stage four. They just couldn't figure out and she couldn't figure out why she just felt so sick all the time. And though they were doing tests, this just wasn't caught until it was really late in the game. And she ended up passing away quite quickly. 
And so he takes his health, he takes the health of others around him very seriously. I thought, I'm going to go in and they're going to think I'm crazy. (laughs) This is so small. And I, but I recognized it mattered to him just to have that peace of mind that it may be nothing, but at least then we know it's nothing. And fortunately for me, it was caught so early that it could be taken out with, you know, a surgery in order to just get rid of it out of your body and no radiation or chemotherapy. And not all of us are blessed with that situation. But when you think of one in eight women will be diagnosed with some form of breast cancer, it's eye-opening to me that I was one of those eight. And how many of us are out there that may also fit in that, that don't know yet but we could at least have that peace of mind by doing something as simple as a mammogram. And I grew up with the jokes of mammograms, how awful they are. Yes. <laughs> and having gone through an extensive one and then just the annual one, I recognize that it's worth whatever discomfort you go in. But the nurses put you at so much ease when you're in there and make you feel just as comfortable as you can. And they're always apologizing for any tugging or squishing that they have to do during that (laughs) process. Yeah. So really it just puts your, your mind at ease. Um, once you're (laughs) going through that. Oh, that is wonderful. I'm so grateful that your husband was proactive on that. And, and it does, it takes those experiences that we have that makes us more passionate about something. And because he went through that with his mom, he's going to be vigilant of not having to go through that again and really care for you. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It's amazing that he's taking care of you so well. So I'm so grateful for that. Regarding that diagnosis and then having gone through the surgeries and now finding an impactful way to share that experience for others in hopes that it will empower them to take the action necessary to keep them safe. I found that this is something I really enjoy. And a lot of people are on board with this. In fact, when I was, so I participated in the Mrs. Utah America pageant earlier this year. And when we were practicing the opening number, and we were on stage. I grew up as a dancer. I think I danced for over 20 years, not competitively. I just enjoyed it so much. That was where I felt free and just pure joy. <laughs> I loved it so much. And when we were practicing the opening number, a moment of that excitement came back to me. And I thought, what if I could combine this feeling and this experience with this idea of spreading awareness and inspiring others to take action. And that's where an event evolved, (laughs) the start of it. So coming up in June, on June 6th, we have an event that is in partnership with Dancers Against Cancer. They're a nonprofit organization nationwide. They started this in order to raise funds to help offset the cost of treatment for those in the dance community who are dealing with cancer. And I reached out to them. They were on board with partnering with this event. And it has been so exciting because we have some really amazing people coming to perform at this event. And they're performing in honor of cancer survivors, the real stars of the show. For example, Brandon Armstrong, who was on season 31 of Dancing with the Stars. I met his mom earlier this year after she was diagnosed with breast cancer. 
and he's going to be performing in her honor. And then we have others that we have reached out to. It's just amazing as I reach out to these incredible artists to ask if they would be willing. There's like no hesitation. It's just a matter of if they're going to be in Utah at that time to perform. And then all the money that we raise from the event with the tickets, which don't cost much, but for those who come, that money will go back to Dancers Against Cancer. And I'm just so excited about this event. It's not just dancers that will be performing. We also have singers, um, some well-known ones like Aaliyah Rose, who was on The Voice and American Idol. She'll be performing in honor of her own mother, who is still going through chemotherapy for breast cancer. And it was interesting as I talked to her mother, Melanie, because she just started crying on the phone. She said, I've been looking for an opportunity to give back because so many people have reached out to me. And I think that's where things really start to become fulfilling in these difficult experiences is when we find a way to pay it forward. Once you're able to give back, it brings meaning to these difficult situations that you go through. Like it wasn't for nothing. And you don't choose these experiences. It's very rare that we choose to get cancer. There are some cancers out there that occur because of choices that are made, but more often than not, it's just something that life hands us. And I love what another cancer survivor told me. She's like, I didn't want to be jaded by this experience. I wanted to find a way to help others because of it. And that's exactly what this community that's forming <laughs> is doing. It's just finding ways to share their experience, to inspire others. And what a meaningful way. I can't wait for this event. It, a lot of work has gone into it, but it will be worth every minute that has gone into it because it's just going to leave an incredible impact on those who participate and those who are there to see it happen. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for what you're doing with that. What an amazing gift you're giving to others and bringing this community together to help fund cancer for others. Like this is just all the good things that you're doing everything. And I just love this. I'm so proud of you. I love that you can take this problem and this scary, scary thing. I mean, this is, and I know you're, you're kind of saying oh, it was small and we caught it early and it was zero stage, but it's scary. There's a lot of things that come into that and you're kind of looking at your life end, you know, it gets you thinking about things like that. No matter the stage, you still have those thoughts of like, what is my purpose in life? And what am I really supposed to be doing here? And I love how you've been able to turn that into this purpose of helping others. So thank you for what you're doing. It's awesome. You're welcome. And thank you. There is a quote by Brene Brown that talks about honor the good, not the bad. And I think that is our mission with this whole thing is to hone in on the good and let that inspire others rather than focusing on those things that we have zero control over and just focusing on what we do. Because like you pointed out, it does bring into perspective the end of life. And that can be terrifying if we're not ready for it. Even if we feel like we may be ready for it, it still can be scary because there's always those things that come to mind that you might be missing out on. And that is where our hearts break. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to think of 
not being here for those special moments. But that's what we wanted to create with this event is a special moment that they can share a little bit about their story for those not only that are in their circle of influence, but many others who will be touched no matter what (laughs) by hearing their story. Yeah. I think that's a perfect way to do it. I'm I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great event and so grateful that we're focusing on all the good things. I love that. Just living life and enjoying life and being grateful for our lives. And I think it's a good way to start with that and be able to embrace other people that are in different paths of their life, different parts of the journey and support each other. That's what it's all about. I agree. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. You're still here? Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. I think we need to talk to each other and share with each other. So we'll take our health more serious because we as moms, we do that. Oh, oh, I'll take care of it later. I'm worried about the kids or that's an ache and a pain. Oh, well, it's fine. I just am going to be in pain forever. <laughs> like we do. We just kind of not worry. Oh, there's a lump. It, it's probably nothing. Yes. In fact, I tell my husband, I'm like, you're my lifesaver. I spent a number of years as a single mom. I was in survival mode during those years, went to work, came home, helped my son with what homework he had. Then we started the process all over the next day. I was not, this would not have been on my radar. I am confident I wouldn't have found it this early. I wasn't looking for anything like that, but thankfully I had someone looking out for me, whether he meant to in that regard or not, it certainly saved me from having a worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. You just are going through life. You're just getting through the day. You're just trying to get to the next thing. And you're not, you're not examining every part of your body to see if there's something growing there or not. So I get it now. I can see how that can happen. You know, at first I wasn't very like, how do you not notice that? But once you're a mom of three kids for a while, you're like, oh yeah, I cannot notice a lot of things. <laughs> and I can see how that's possible. <laughs> yep. So thank goodness we have other people in our lives helping us out. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. Husbands sure. are the best. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.